0: Join Justin Charity and Micah Peters in Sound Only as they discuss their deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, rap music, video games, anime, YouTube,
1: social media, and their underlying themes. Check out Sound Only on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
2: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24 7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions all apply. See website for details.
0: Cold up and question of the week, Kaz. Yeah. If you could have any WWE superstar on the show this week who would you pick bobby lashley absolutely who would be number two? Oh, number two uh, i think it would be
3: i guess drew drew's all right drew mcintyre i'm kidding i'm kidding
0: <laughs> coming up later in the show and aggrieved a presumably aggrieved drew mcintyre and uh a lot of talk about hell in a cell coming right up What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad Stop. The Silver
1: Lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. It's
3: your real WWE superstar, the legit
1: boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I have Shane Scanlon, Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a.
2: the Goof Haraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you
1: will, and you're listening. You're listening to. You're listening to. You are listening to. listening listening to the Masked Man the Masked Show. Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man the Masked Show. Man Show. The Masked Man, Show.
0: The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Mask Man Show with Kaz and 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 and. Twenty-five-ish minutes. Yes. WWE legend, living legend, Drew McIntyre. Two-time WWE
3: champion, former NXT champion, former Impact World Champion, one of the best
0: wrestlers alive today. Can't wait to have him on the show. It's gonna be a fun one. It's gonna be a fun one. It's gonna be a fun one. And you know what's happening this week? Uh, this week is uh, Hell in a Cell. Hell, Hell
3: in a Cell.
0: You gotta, <laughs> yeah. you gotta, you gotta put the ah uh, into it. Yes. How? How in a Cell this weekend on Peacock. Before Drew jumps on, because I yeah. don't think he's—I don't think he's totally geared up to do predictions. Let's run through the Hell in a Cell card.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, you know. I think he has one prediction in his mind, but let's let's run through ours. I think I think people want to hear that. Let's
0: start with the Universal Championship match.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The big one, huge one: Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio inside Hell in a Cell. Now, it hasn't been that long since uh, you and I think, but definitely I was sitting here on the show saying there's nothing. Uh, in Roman Reigns' uh, life that, you know, deserves to be inside his cell, except maybe his his cousin. Um, but they just shotgunned Rey Mysterio right in there. And, man, I guess when you throw something, when you, like, yeet somebody's son out of the <laughs> ring. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a hot
3: second before we go into the prediction? <laughs> go for it. Go My on. goodness. The, the Mysterio tradition of getting launched into things it continues uh, this past weekend. Roman Reigns running powerbomb to Dominic. That was probably the best moment of the year on SmackDown. Anytime you can trend worldwide immediately after the show's over, you know you did something good. So I, I love that. And now, yeah, now it's it, it's fighting words. So Roman and Ray are in hell in a cell. You know, you can't just powerbomb people's
0: kids out of the rings like that. I think that'll... That'll constitute some fighting words. Well, you can't parabomb anybody out of the ring when there's a bunch of bar or a bunch of a chain link around the whole thing. So that is true. That is very true. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited because Ray is an is one of the all time greats. Roman Reigns is, you know, maybe what the best (laughs) performer match by match that WWE's got right now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And this is Rey Mysterio's first ever Hell in a Cell match. A guy who's done literally everything in WWE and WCW and all over the world. Never been in the Hell in a Cell match. So I'm really interested in that. And the fact that Rey Mysterio can have a great match with a broomstick for the past 45 years, it feels like it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun to check that out. Um, obviously, I got I got the big dog, the tribal chief, head of the table, uh, going clean over Rey. But... I don't think it's so much about the match. I think it's much about the storytelling. I think it's much about taking us to that next story, that next um, piece of the Roman Reigns is a terrible relative story that has been told for the past year. And Ray, who's shown on TV to be nothing but a great relative, I mean, you know, unless y- y- your daughter's dating Buddy Murphy. Uh, other than that, I mean, he's been an, he's been an outstanding uh family figures so um that's going to be fun to watch i think there's going to be a lot of in-ring storytelling being told and uh ray's one of the best to do it so i'm i'm, I'm legitimately interested legitimately interested
0: if they ever go back into the family drama and then the serios i hope that i hope that ray like they kind of turn ray halfway heel when he admits that he got buddy murphy fired for getting too close <laughs> to his arm
3: yeah like well, you know, they can, could reenact the whole i think him and dominic can reenact like bad boys too when our buddy <laughs> walks into the door,
0: he's like, you look dirty, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> so the, this being for first match yeah, uh, inside the cell, it's super interesting. I mean, this is like, I mean, I don't know if anybody had Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio on their card, on their, you know, dream match bingo card, but this is kind of a dream match. And putting it inside of a cell, this is the stuff that you get your brain just churning, right? I mean, yeah. like taking Ray's moveset and sort of his historical moveset and putting it in this sort of new spot, you know, putting it inside the cage. I mean, like obviously the cage, this isn't a traditional cage. This is the hell in the cell. So we got some floor space and he can do the six one nine and all that kind of stuff. But like, but like, can you can't you already imagine him doing that? Like, what you know, that belly flop spot. What is that? You know, where he slides outside that, the like, ring. That like
3: baseball slide. Summer yeah. saw a sunset flip into the cell. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, he like slides out the, the ring and there. Roman
0: just tosses him straight like head first into the <laughs> cell. Like that's gonna happen. Like all this stuff is stuff we should be excited about seeing.
3: Yeah, Rey Mysterio is a genius in the ring. And I know he's going to make that cell look way more painful and way more interesting than probably like 95% of other wrestlers can because he's one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, it's going to be a fun match, man. And if it gives me anything like uh, the last Rey Mysterio Universal title match which or WWE title match, which I think was against Brock Lesnar at a Survivor Series, which was so fun and had so many near falls. And for like five minutes, you really thought... Ray and Dominic were going to pull this off, and Ray was going to win the world title. That's all I want. That's all I want. I want some crazy near falls. I want some fun, and uh, I want to see some destruction. So, looking forward to that one. But but Roman's Roman's taking it.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously Roman's going to win. But the, mm-hmm. but this is what makes the Roman Reigns reign so amazing. Is that like his his wins have almost never been in doubt, right? No, it, it, the only like the only thing that makes you that gives you any pause at all is the fact that he drags like feuds like the kevin owens feud into like the four month range and at some point you're like well is he is ko gonna win zero of these you know (laughs) i mean it's it's sort of playing with your expectations as a wrestling fan but there's nothing that it's never in doubt right and um but but that's but but we're but now we're at the point where whether or not it's in doubt doesn't matter at all it's all totally secondary to the fact that like they tell stories so well or the roman reigns you know, storylines are always so, so good.
3: Man, when Roman Reigns first came back, he said, we're making filet mignon over on SmackDown. And that's that's a fact. Like, two, three weeks ago, wouldn't even care. Wouldn't even matter about uh, Rey Mysterio and Roman Reigns. But now I'm fully interested because they've told this family story for almost a year now. And uh, it's been really good, so... Can't wait to see that. The
0: the wild card, and again, this is going to play with our expectations, but the wild card here is is outside interference. Speaking of family members, right? Domin- right. is Dominic gonna get in the cage or the Uso is gonna get in the cage. Normally a cage match would be like the third month or the fourth month of the feud, so you can keep all those outside forces out, but now it's kind of hard to imagine a match existing without them. But maybe that'll just be brawling on the outside or doing giant splashes off the top onto each other as window dressing. We'll see. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty, even if the end of the match is not in doubt. Mm-hmm. Moving on. The Raw Women's Championship match. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. I just saw on Reddit, I think, an amazing picture of Rhea Ripley pre-wrestling with a card, a life-size cardboard cutout of The Miz. And I believe she was celebrating The Miz's birthday with the cardboard cutout. That is <laughs> that is where Rhea Ripley's fandom goes back to. She's only 24 years old, according to the Raw stats that they show every Monday night. So we can't,
3: yeah. can't forget that You know, she's, she's one of us.
0: We had a knockdown dragout on Monday night You know, security was in there. Charlotte got her nose busted open. Your buddy, the Scrap Daddy, I think took a couple of stiff shots along the way too. Sometimes there's nothing better for getting a feud over than to have people looking like they really want to rip each other's faces off.
3: Oh, the pull apart! It never, it never <laughs> fails. The full. The, oh my God! They got the security and they got the, the 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 the, the corporate. Like WWE is the only place where like office management is like job security and job requirements is breaking up fights literally every single uh, every every fourth <laughs> Sunday of the month. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I don't know. I I really can't call it. I, I it's hard for me to ever go against Charlotte Flair in, in women's title matches because she just happens to win a lot. Of them. Um, but they are building Rhea Ripley uh, pretty well. I don't know. I can't call it, man. I really can't. I feel like, you know, you can never go wrong with Charlotte Flair as your, as your, as your women's champion, uh, especially if you're building somebody. And I don't think if Rhea Ripley loses the title, um, that it, she loses anything because you're, you're still building her. She's still very young. You still, you build people through the chase, not as the champion. I've always, I've always believed that. Um, and there's always, and there's that 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 X factor, that wild card of the crowd now. Like, do you want to get these people these wins? So when you restart, you know, these big moments for them, you get them in front of in front of the WWE universe. So like I don't know. I, I really can't call it. If I had a gun to my head, I'd say Rhea Ripley retains, but it, it definitely wouldn't surprise me at all if Charlotte became like a 19th millionth time woman's champion <laughs> yeah
0: you're right i mean they're moving into the kind of crowd era this is mm-hmm. the this is the opportunity for a reset um so yeah i mean i can kind of see it go either way i mean I, I agree my gut says charlotte although my head says my head also says charlotte but Char- but let charlotte win through some sort of incredibly underhanded means right like don't take any of the fire away from you know what you're building with ripley and to let Charlotte sort of get out, just let Charlotte can afford. I mean, we talk about who can who can afford to win, who can afford to lose. Charlotte, Charlotte can afford a cheap win. Charlotte can afford to look underhanded for fifteen minutes one night, right? She doesn't just have to be Brock Lesnar, you know, just like the most dominant force in the division mm-hmm. all the time. So let her mm-hmm. win sneakily, and let and and I think you're right. Let let Ripley resume the chase because I think it's I think she's actually a super compelling underdog, despite the fact that she's you know a monster and i and and um that's a storyline i'd be interested to see also it sort of opens up the possibilities in the division a little bit to a a little bit more too i mean as much as people want to complain about Charlotte's screen time i think that you know resetting with her as champion makes a lot of sense considering the shape of the division right now but in the on raw but you know whatever so i'm gonna pick charlotte but i actually i don't have a good feel for it either what's your official pick I am going
3: to go with Rhea Ripley. I got her taking a retaining. Uh, we also got Money in the Bank coming up, so I mean, there's, there's always. I don't know. I don't know. Rhea Ripley. Uh, okay. Guns to ahead head. Rhea Ripley retains.
0: Uh, the other women's championship match: Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Uh, as our, as our babyface uh, production assistant John points out, why isn't this in the cell? Um, good question. <laughs> I don't know why. Why you shotgun Rey Mysterio into the cell? And not put either women's match in the cell.
3: Yeah, it seems kind of like a lost opportunity there. I definitely would like to see Bianca Belair in Hell in the Cell. Uh, we've seen Charlotte in the Hell in the Cell. Um, I, I mean, back to what we were just talking about, it seems like Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley was eventually going to be like announced for Hell in the Cell. Maybe they
0: just forgot because uh, it seems like a, a that's match the, tailor the, made for that. Yeah, that, and that's and the whole and the whole Pier Six. Yeah, though, I mean the, the 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 brawl would would think seemingly take you there. Yeah. But you know, Belair Bailey is a killer matchup. The last time they went at, at you know at the pay per view was just a banger. I mean, just one of my favorite matches in a while, and yeah. and uh, I'm excited to see them go again. It's funny because Bianca coming out of WrestleMania reminds me a lot of where Drew McIntyre was a year ago, and obviously, you know, Belair is going to have the going to be in front of fans a lot quicker than Drew was. But I but I do feel like to, you know I think I probably said this before. To some extent, they're just they're writing the resume first, telling the stories in real time are a little bit secondary, but they're so good, like you said over on SmackDown, and Bel Air has been so good, and ba- and Bailey is just a god, yeah, um, yeah. That that everything is just, it, it, but the, you know the storylines are keeping up. Mhm yeah I mean you got ding dong hello
3: you got the 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 laughing thing like the who laughs last laughs, laughs best sort of thing going on which you know say what you want like whatever it's 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 a decent storyline but it's helped by the fact that Bailey and Bianca are just like otherworldly talents in the ring and I'm going to watch it anyway so um who who's your pick who do you got winning that
0: I got I got Bianca winning I thought Bailey should have won at the last show but I think I think Belair's got this one.
3: You thought Bailey should have won the title last time,
0: yeah, I just know I just wow. thought for the per- no, no, I thought for i mean I don't think she I'm not comparing them as pure as athletes or something. I just think of that show in particular, I would have put I would have put over Bailey just to introduce like some feeling of anything could happen into the night but but also knowing that it was gonna go two months, three months, whatever. let's just let's keep building. I mean, listen. The the Drew McIntyre parallel is this. Watching Bianca Belair, you know you're watching a made woman, right? You know, like what's happening in the ring is just icing on the cake. It's just evidence to the fact that this is a WrestleMania headliner for the rest of her, her career, right? And 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 that's what you got watching Drew, whether or not I mean it was and, and and everybody was behind Drew. I was I'm a huge Drew fan, but you could tell watching him that everybody in the office was a huge Drew fan, true. And you get that same feeling watching Bianca Belair. So whether or not she wins or loses, I think is almost kind of beside the point. But like Drew, I think she's gonna keep on winning. Anyway, so my 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 pick is Bianca Belair. I'm gonna go with Bianca also for all those same reasons. <laughs> Next match on the card, Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. I don't. I think other people have probably made this point. I've not been paying a lot of attention to wrestling Twitter this week, but um, could Alexa Bliss not afford? I mean, could they not figure out a way for her to just win clean over Nia Jax? I mean, she is a. I get the. I get the protecting Nia Jax, but Alexa Bliss is magical, right? I mean, she has supernatural powers. Man, listen,
3: that has never stopped the. If she really is the female version of Bray Wyatt. She should absolutely lose. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, Shayna business should choke her out. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it, yeah. And and that's kind of what I'm going to go with. I think, I mean, the, the, the Alexa playground thing has been cool. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know, man. Like, it's weird when you book these sort of supernatural beings and they're not unstoppable monsters. Because what do you do after a while? I feel like they did it once with The Undertaker and it worked so well. They've been trying to kind of recreate that sort of like mystical, unstoppable force for a long time. And it, every time it just kind of feels weird. So now they're doing it in the women's division and um, I'm going to go. No contest. How, how's that? How's that? Is that a safe pig, Dave? Ooh, I'm going like go, like to say this pick. is going to end in no contest. There's been too many, too much chicanery. There's too much Reginald. There's too much magic. Shayna, Is This is her first real pay-per-view solo match uh, in a long time, and like we mentioned about the Raw Women's Division, they can use a little bit of spunk, and I think Shannon Baszler taking an L right now would probably hurt that, so I'm going to go no contest, Dave. I don't think there's going to be any winner, but I do think there's going to be lots and lots of fuckery afoot.
0: Can I ask a really stupid question that I should have I should have asked 2 years ago? There's no such thing as stupid questions, but ask away. If you conceive of the fiend and you are for some reason, you know, openly or secretly con- convinced that like you're never going to let Bray Wyatt actually win a match, why not build that into his character? Why not make it be, the, why, not, why not make The Fiend, no, but seriously, why not make The Fiend a monster who doesn't care about professional wrestling finishes? Like, yeah. he, The Fiend's whole gimmick should be, I, I'm not going to go for the pin, I'm just going to keep brutalizing you. And then he'll have to end up losing some matches because he doesn't care about the the end, right? He just cares about hurting you. Like, let that mm-hmm. be the gimmick. And don't make it be like every single match We're just like, Jesus Christ, he's lost again? <laughs> I, w- it, it, I feel like that answers the question that everybody's asking. Anyway, Alexa Bliss, whew, I like your no finish thing. I'm going to say Alexa Bliss wins, but, uh, but the no finish thing is a compelling one. I just would never, I wouldn't have gone there if you hadn't said it. So I'm going to go with Alexa. Uh, they have not officially announced, I guess, Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, which is, bizarre because that was the only thing that felt like a sure thing going like coming out of the last pay-per-view
3: well we still got one more sleep until smackdown so i'm sure though they could they could they could definitely be like hey tomorrow i mean sunday
0: oh no no, no. I, yeah that's gonna happen it's just funny that they didn't announce that week one like that yeah. let that be the build yeah and if indeed this happens it feels like a seth win to me
3: you think so i don't know i think i think I think Cesaro needs his get back. I mean, he got his get back, uh, you know, uh, uh, he got his win at WrestleMania. But then he got the shit kicked out of him. Um, got was off for a couple of weeks, came back, and didn't really miss a beat, man. So, I mean, if the, the story they're telling is right. A, a head-to-head, one-on-one, straight match between the two. Cesaro has, has outclassed Seth Rollins in that in that sort of sense. But I don't know.
0: Why do you think Seth wins? If you told me that Seth and Cesaro's plan was for Cesaro to win, if you told me that the original creative was for Cesaro to win, I totally believe that. I just think when it comes down to it, when it comes down to, you know, cutting time, that whoever's pulling the strings backstage is just like, now nah, we have more important things for Seth to do in the next six months. So he's going to win the match.
3: That's it. That makes sense. That makes sense. I can get with that. I mean, you know, it's I smell a Seth Rollins Edge SummerSlam match down the horizon. Ooh. And I don't think a loss w- from Seth Rollins um, hinders that. Um but yeah, let's 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 roll with that. Let's roll with that. I think uh, you know, I I I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll go with Seth Rollins also.
0: Speaking of SummerSlam by the way, we there's all these rumors about Cena for SummerSlam. We got one more match in the breakdown obviously, but um and then they released a poster for Survivor Series this week that's just straight up the rock. Did you see Did Is you it? see this? No, yeah. I didn't see that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. really? Unless this was a fake. I have no idea. It, was, it says it's like 25 years of The Rock, is what it oh, is. Like, oh,
3: man. I don't know. I think that might be a, a fan made poster. It has to be. There's no way they just throw that out there. Like, hey, wait,
0: Rocky's am I covered.
3: crazy? No, I, I think I, see, I saw the one you saw. I think I saw the one you saw. I think, I think Bleach Report might have posted it. And
0: uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's definitely fan art. Just uh, found an article. Oh, it's okay, fan it's art. fan art. Well, whoever made that fan art. Oh, yeah, it's look, there's a little art. freaking thing at the bottom.
3: <laughs> well anyway fantastic work because you made the uh you made the masked man show so oh my great. gosh Abdel Malik is
0: that it's so tiny I can't even see I'm gonna drop him a line he's my new favorite person That's a great <laughs> nah he's term. awesome um but so what do you have got one more match to cover on this show um WWE championship match Bobby Lashley versus the one and only Drew McIntyre now talk about a feud that deserves to be in the cell I mean they took a little detour into you know Braun Strowman and um uh, We thought that we were going to get a a subsequent detour into Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman's obviously not with the company. He's working a match against an elephant on some safari (laughs) somewhere right now. (laughs) But Bobby and Drew, I mean, this is the the mega feud of this moment, right? Yeah. I'm excited to see them in the cell. You know, in the last couple of times they fought, you know, it's funny, my expectations are always a little bit low for these two when they go head to head. But but it's crazy. I, I shouldn't think that way because they're they're they they work so well together. Uh, and I'm and I'm excited to see what they do in the cell. I'm excited to see what MVP gets off in there. I mean, it's. I think this one's going to be brutal. I think this is going to be pretty crazy. What is what is your prediction straight up for this one?
3: I think Bobby Lasher retains. I think that uh Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. You know I'm a sucker for a meat fest, all right? Big meaty men bumping meat. Shout mm-hmm. out to Big E. Yeah. I'm always a sucker for that. So um I think it's gonna be a fun one. I think it's gonna be a great match, but uh I do believe that if we're talking about made guys, I think Bobby is also a made guy. And I don't think Drew McIntyre loses anything from uh, you know, not being the champ right now. I think Bobby Lashley is doing well. I think you know, I, I kind of like to take in the context clues when it comes to, like, how protected a guy is. And, you know, when you got, you know, Lashley's ladies, you got the VIP lounge, you got MVP, you're on the marquee of Peacock and everything else there. It's like they're putting a lot of stock into Bobby Lashley, probably for a, a big SummerSlam match. And I think the big SummerSlam match involves him in some capacity. So I'm going to go Bob. I think big, Big Bob
0: retains. I think that's a safe bet. I, I don't think that they've given us enough in like the Drew chasing from Drew's point of view to make it feel like this is the moment. Although it's not impossible to think that WWE thinks they've given us enough.
3: And I forget to mention, right, this is the, the, the classic, if I can't beat you, you never get another title match sort of thing, which in most cases would have me picking Drew McIntyre. But money in the bank is next month.
0: So you know, we'll see how long that lasts. But you, so, so, so your pick is Drew loses; he's out of the championship picture, and then wins Money in a Bank, Money in the Bank, the next month to put himself back in.
3: Or, or somebody wins Money. In the this bank is like Dusty takes,
0: Rhodes booking. This is fantastic. Takes, I love this. <laughs>
3: somebody wins money in the bank that, you know, now that the title is in peril. So even if we go with a whole, Drew's never going to get another title match, uh, you know, it's only going to last as long as whoever cashes in that title opportunity on Bobby or Roman. But, um, you know, yeah. And there's a draft coming up, too, man. Like, maybe maybe Drew wants to go blue. Maybe it's time for him to go over to SmackDown, you know? Like, who knows? Who the hell knows? And I do think he does need a nice little fresh coat of paint.
0: We haven't even talked about the draft, but I love that angle. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love not even that Drew's going to lose. I love, now let's look at this. Let's look through this lens, right? Yeah. These, if these two guys, if one of them is going to go, who's it going to be? Um yeah. It's tough. It's, it's tough. Be Drew, but, man. Yeah. But Drew would make a good opponent for Roman Reigns who's going to be sitting out there kind of having run through every baby face on the roster at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, if that would make a lot of sense. And also the, the the stipulation on this match, on the cell match, really project. I mean, you, you would look back and say, oh, they told us what they were doing, right? Yeah. They told us they were going to walk him out of there. I think that the flip side of this is that if Drew loses, I mean, if Drew wins, then we have another rematch between these two. Right. And, right. You know, this does feel like the end. It wouldn't be the end, right? So yeah, anyway. Yeah. So I'm I mean, you.
3: I don't know. I don't know if we if we're going, I mean, pfft, we'll ask him soon probably, but uh, if we're going to the point where, uh, you know, uh we 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 want Drew to kind of be crowned as that guy, like the WWE title run has had its moments. A big money match is Drew and Roman as well down the line. So I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at seeing Drew on Fox one day. There's a lot of things out there, man. There's a lot of, of, you know, you know what? This is what makes this whole thing fun. We don't Mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. This is why we watch. This is why we watch.
0: (laughs) This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
0: And now joining us is somebody who I will assume has a very, specific point of view about who's going to win the Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre Hell in a Cell match this Sunday. Before we introduce him,
3: I must say, just so we're not catching them off guard, I did not pick him to win. So I just (laughs) want to make sure, I want to make sure we're clear. I don't want to feel like, I don't want to feel like I'm frightened. I want to, I want to put it out there first. I want to be transparent as hell, but Dave
0: continue. (laughs) Drew McIntyre, welcome to the Masked Man Show. Thank you so much for doing this, man. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Feeling good. Feeling great, man. You just missed about 10 minutes of us like fantasy booking you in a match against Roman Reigns on SmackDown. So we're not even going to waste time (laughs) talking about you know the upcoming draft or whatever. But this Sunday at Hell in a Cell, you're in there against Bobby Lashley. You guys have what I call the feud that sort of defines the moment that we're in right now. Whatever this era is, you guys are at the top of it including Bobby or setting Bobby aside what do you think drew when you see that cell in real life like what do you feel when you're about to walk into that thing and, and what do you what are you getting ready for this Sunday
1: and what I feel when I look at the cell now and think about being in a cell match now is a lot different to how I felt before I was in the last one uh, which was my first ever cell match you know I always like grew up and I was sure everybody knows especially this uh, audience The biggest wrestling fan ever, watching all the cell matches as a kid. You know, the Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Mankind, Undertaker Legendary One and Cactus Jack. Triple H. I used to tell myself when I before I started wrestling, when I started wrestling initially, man, if I'm ever in a cell match, I'm totally gonna take the bump right off the top. At <laughs> so Shawn Michaels one off the side. It's gonna be awesome.
3: You got it though. You got
1: one. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Then I start wrestling for years. And then I realized, man, this really hurts. Like maybe if I'm in a cell match eventually, I'm not gonna, I'm probably not gonna take that bump. And then I then I get to the match and you know, we get in there and just the looking at it, it was like so much excitement, but at the same time a little bit Man, that is really high And this modern cell Is even higher Than the the cell From back in the day So uh, I did tell myself Screw it we have to do it For history And (laughs) Randy and I Ended up on top of the cell We're fighting I'm genuinely terrified Of heights This is what I do For the fans (laughs) I just wanted that Wanted that vision We're up there fighting Like to grown ass men battling out on top of the cage and going down the side of the cell. When we planted our feet, it's legit 10 feet up. I'm six foot seven with my boots on. So before I fell, I looked back 17 feet and there's a cool picture when you see me let go finally. I'm up in the air and I fall and I assume, okay, at least the table's gonna break my fall didn't do a thing. It felt, I, would, I would, It probably felt just as good or just as bad just jumping off the cell onto the floor with how violent the fall was. I get the worst whiplash of my life. I bit through my tongue. You see blood coming out of my mouth. My oh tongue my looked God. like a snake's tongue. I bit through it so violently. And then we had that cool moment. Like Probably like, not my favorite moment because I remember much of hurt. But from a viewer perspective, from an artistic perspective, I loved the drama of crawling back to the cell. That wasn't planned. That <laughs> was just what happened in the moment. <laughs> and Randy, someone is so good, he just goes with the moment, goes with the drama. And when I crawled myself all the way back to the cell was kind of what led to the, the finish. And it wasn't something that was planned, but it was because of the violent nature of that fall. So now when I look at the cell, I think, man, this is going to freaking hurt. And it's going to hurt because I want to top the last match. It's myself and Lashley. We're both much more physical with each other than Randy and I were. I mean, I'm always physical and Randy's physical, but Lashley's another level physicality and the physicality we bring out of each other. I know this is the last match of a very long feud. I know we're going to have to bring it. We are going to bring it. We're going to make people remember and it's going to freaking
3: hurt. Let's stay on that, man, because I, I, I love watching you and Lashley go at it because you have very similar histories. You have history from other promotions to now, and I said it before you came on, I love a big meat fest. I love seeing two big physical dudes just beat the hell out of each, out of each other, and if you're putting a hell in a cell on top of that, even more, it, it's a cherry on top. So just this long sort of rivalry you've had with Lashley from WrestleMania to even before that to right now. I mean, you guys are both at the top of your games. Just as somebody who has worked with him for as long as you have, uh, talk to me about just the sort of budding rivalry slash relationship that you've had with Bobby all these years and what to expect this Sunday at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, we've
1: known each other for such a long time. Where'd that begin? Um, The first time we ever met, it's a fun story I can't remember if I told this publicly but um, I had my first tryout with WWE um, when I was 20 years old it was in Manchester and John Laurinaitis wasn't there that day so basically myself Seamus Wade Barrett a few guys went there rolled around was told well I was told personally you would have been signed today but the guy who signs people is not here Come back in six months with the group. So we go off to this club afterwards. Sheamus had a manager at the time. He still has him, actually, right, to this day. Talks us into the club, says, you know, we're WWE wrestlers. Guess is a VIP. We're up there. It's just a bunch of extras. a you indie guys up there, just partying up in the VIP, <laughs> living the life. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, I get a tap on my shoulder. And it's like, hey, superstars. And I turn around. This freaking Lashley and Man <laughs> just... I'm 20 years old at the time, I'm not as big as I am now, just they're gigantic (laughs) and jacked and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to beat the hell out of Thankfully, uh, you know, they're both great guys and they took the time to just laugh about the situation and go, good for you guys, blacking yourself And we spent the night talking and, you know, having a few drinks together and I remember him at the time, just like real... Big and sweaty, and giving me advice, like wiping the sweat off his head. Like I see you like a, like a Randy Orton type. Just interesting, like where my career went eventually. But I still <laughs> remember that, and, you know how nice he <laughs> was at the time, um, and Boogeyman Man as well. And fast forward years later, we came across each other after I was released from WWE. And we spent time and you know, impact wrestling a few independent shows across the world. And we got a chance to do a significant program and it was awesome. It's the first time we were in the ring together. It was like magic. As you mentioned, there's nothing more fun. There's nothing people understand more than big guys slapping meat. me. Yes, if you had <laughs> a top of it, some athleticism uh, some technical ability, some mission ability and modernize it. And that was myself and Lashley found we had this cool modern big guy relationship, did a lot of fun stuff outside the company. And then it was very interesting to watch our journey from there, you know, returning to WWE myself and um, taking the journey I took, coming back to the company, Lashley, the journey he took, come back to the company. He had some more interesting storylines than me, let's say, to find his way uh, to the top. <laughs> but I finally put the pieces together leading up to Royal Rumble 2020 and uh, found who I was as a performer. Luckily, you know, won the Royal Rumble, got on the right path, won the title, at the height of the pandemic, got to lead the charge for the company during these times. And for Bobby, the one missing piece was MVP. When I, saw, I knew it I like, we, the three of us talked about it prior, but I knew if we just get these guys together, it's going to be awesome. As soon as you were put together, like, boom, that's what was missing. That's magic right there. To watch Lashley reach his potential has been really cool too. And it led to where we're at now, where both of us, you know, have, we've still got a ways to go, but kind of found ourselves as performer finally reached our potential that everyone talked about for years and we're just having fun going back and forth and it's not like the story myself and Randy with all the twists and turns and dips and whatever it's just two alphas wanting to beat the crap out of each other and win the title there's nothing really more to this storyline Lashley and I don't have any particular deep beef except we want to be champion my beef is with MVP that's where all the trash talking lies that's where all the heat lies between myself and Lashley. I just wanted him alone in a match where we can go one-on-one with no outside crap and that's what's led to Hell in a Cell. Everyone keeps saying, Drew, and it's title match after title match. I'm like, okay, it feels like a long time. Realistically, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> two. <WrestleMania. laughs> and it was WrestleMania and I allowed myself to be distracted. That was on me. Then I won my number one contender match. Then it was a triple threat. And then Braun got in the triple threat. And now this is the third one. Well, I know it feels a long time. Realistically, this is the <laughs> third and final match. So,
0: <laughs> So you talked about that, this, this two, three match, whatever you want to call it, stretch. You also talked about the journey you guys have taken in your careers together. But the past year has been a hell of a journey for everybody. And I know for you, and you said, I think you were quoted as saying that you wanted to be the first person back out there when live fans are back. And you got that opportunity at WrestleMania when you took on Bobby. Right around the corner now, I'm looking past Hell in a Cell a little bit, but we're a month away from the return to the road. I think July 16th is your first big show. Talk a little bit about what you're feeling, about how about the excitement uh, for you and for everybody else in the locker room about getting back out there on the road, you know, like you like you should have been doing for the past year.
1: Yeah, everybody's buzzing. I mean, it's all here hear about every single week. It's all I've been hearing about for the past month. As all the superstars are just so excited to get back on the road in front of fans at a live capacity, and I'm so proud of everything we've been able to do, and especially at the height of the pandemic when every other sport entertainment company shut down. WWE made a decision to push ahead and give everyone an escape, give them original content, a constant every single week, and everybody on our rosters stepped the hell up and really, you know, made sure everybody had something to look forward to across the world. And got into the Thunderdome. That was cool too. Amazing piece of technology. You know, essential at the the time and getting those fans back virtually and the lights, lasers, pyro, everything you expect from WWE. Been Amazing. But there's nothing, nothing like the live fans. And WrestleMania was such a freaking tease. <laughs> <laughs> <One night only. laughs> it was
3: so fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like, it was so cool. Like you say, I've been pushing for to be the first person to walk out there for basically the whole year. I anticipated it being like a Raw or something. I never thought it'd be WrestleMania. Nonetheless, it was so cool that I got the chance to walk out there. And you can see by my entrance, the emotion on my face. And uh, I remember right for a walk through the curtain, because you never know if fans are going to react. Like, you know, they've had a lot of Drew content over the past year. Like, since, my goodness, January of 2020, they've got a lot of Drew right in their face. And we know sometimes we're like, okay, we're fine with this, but we kind of want something new over here. And I was ready for any response. I was like, okay, cheers, booze, as long as they care. I don't mind. And to walk out there and hear the cheers and get caught in the moment. And I did my three, two, one before the sword, which wasn't planned. I just wanted to be interactive again because I missed that. And that's such a huge part of our product and what's been missing for the past year plus. And you can see by my face, I'm about to cry. I can see people in the crowd literally crying. I'm trying to compose myself. I get in the ring, then I remember, damn it, Lashley's going to come out. I better not see him. (laughs) See <laughs> Brandon <Ryan> here. <laughs> it's gonna take me out quick. Damn. So yeah, I'm excited for it to be a regular thing. Get on that uh, tour with the live fans there, leading up to SummerSlam, which is gonna be like a WrestleMania this year.
3: That was awesome, man. And, and and not not to mention, there was like a rain delay and everything too. People were coming in, so like uh, once we heard and, like, that, that good music, stories there as well. Yeah, uh. <laughs> like, it was like
1: I went out and it was like for the anthem. I was technically supposed to be at the front of the stage. And somebody was standing in my spot and I just went perfect. And I tried to hide as much as you can hide it. Six foot seven, my boots on 270. But I hid in the background. I didn't look at the crowd one time. I kept my head down. I kept my eyes focused on the anthem. I did not want to feel the crowd until my entrance. The second we went to that cold open for WrestleMania, I was the first one in the back, ready to go. And then the producer um, behind the desk said, "Drew, there's going to be a rain delay. So I get told maybe 30, 40 minutes, I'm so angry. Everyone's <laughs> coming back, just fist bumping me. Get them champs. start them right. You've earned this moment. And just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one that knows we're delayed because <laughs> everyone's passing and giving me high
3: fives <laughs> so let's, let's let's talk a little bit about that right so um, obviously the Thunderdome for, did did its job it kept the show going didn't you know we didn't really uh, miss a beat but I believe that the Thunderdome also had like a, a unintended purpose which was really developing the Drew McIntyre character right like now before you know the Thunderdome even really happened you were still kind of like there were still sort of elements of you from like your NXT days your Impact days all this stuff but now you got the sword, you got the flames, you got the three, two, one. Do you think the Thunderdome really helped develop you as a fully formed, you know, character now?
1: Yeah, 100%. I really think the performance in that era um, was good for that as well. Because when you did your promos, there was no virtual sounds. It was complete silence. It was <laughs> you, a microphone, in silence and talking to a camera. And I think a few of our performers really hey, maximized that time to try and develop their characters and add more layers and let people in and know who they were. And as you mentioned, over time, I started getting more kind of comfortable and not talking so loud and over the top, you know, <laughs> <something better. laughs> like, just talking like we're talking right now. And maybe like speaking a little clearer, I do have an accents. So I have to watch how clearly I talk, but just basically talking how I talk now, being the real Drew. And like, sometimes that like, people are going to dig what I'm doing and I can't always talk about, it. I'm going to kick arse and, feasting your carcass and all that. Some people are like, damn, I wish Drew was just an ass kicker all the time. i gets like, it's boring eventually. And real Drew is a bit silly, sarcastic. He tells mad stories. He says stuff that just aren't funny and aren't He's whole. dead sexy. Yes, I'm <laughs> working kind dead sexy now and again. But, you know, I've sometimes been called the uncoolest cool guy in the world. Roman may have called me that one time. Like, that's the real Drew. But in the end, when the bell rings, I kick butt. And I think that's why people started relating to me, even though I'm a giant person. They go, man, he's like us. He's a bit silly, sarcastic, a bit of a geek. But, you know, he's living the dream right now. He's a biggest wrestling fan that's taken it this far. And I think that's when they saw themselves more in me. And I made that fan connection. And during this time, I've tried to just maintain that, be the real Drew as often as possible. And sometimes people dig it, sometimes they're not. But again, I'm just being me and trying to add as many layers to that character as possible within that environment. You look at someone like Roman Reigns, he's the guy who's maximized this. And time more than anybody, developed this really detailed, intricate character. And a few of our superstars have. And so when the fans are back and somebody comes out, they're really, okay, I know this person inside and out because I've been watching them for the past year and I know what they're all about and how they feel and how they're going to react to certain situations because I really know them rather than just, well, what's this guy's character? Nothing. He's, I think he's good. I think he's bad. I don't know. I don't care.
0: So we got Money in the Bank. Uh, Hell in a Cell is coming up. Then Money in the Bank is next. But the, On the Horizon... It's gotta be, you know, on your horizon, you know, in your mind. SummerSlam was just announced. It's in Las Vegas. Um, it's gonna be a huge show. I can't tell you how many people I know who have already gotten in touch with me about like ticket buying, airplane ticket planning, hotel situations. Like everybody
1: I, mean, I missed I missed all these text messages and these phone calls of yo, Drew, <laughs> give me tickets. <laughs> like, yo, bugger off, buy them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, you mentioned Roman Reigns, I know he's on the other show, but you be, Bobby, you said Bobby Lashley's coming to an end. Do you have a dream opponent for SummerSlam? There have been rumors of, you know, John Cena might be back to go there. there. I mean, every superstar in the world is is being penciled in by somebody for SummerSlam because it's such a big event.
3: It's, it's a warm weather WrestleMania, yeah. <laughs> this is the WrestleMania,
0: yeah, they're calling this the new WrestleMania or whatever. is it? So what's what's your dream match?
1: It is this year, it really is. I mean, WrestleMania did get all the bells and whistles, but obviously there's a limited capacity and we had limitations. This is going to be this year's WrestleMania. And um, for me personally, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the rumors of like Cena and every other name mentioned as well. Like, I don't know for sure, you know, some of the surprise names that might be there. But working with what we've got right now, Obviously, I want to win on Sunday, be WWE champion, go in as WWE champion. Yes, yes. Like, what what is a match that would like? I mean, I really think myself and Sheamus had a series of matches um, that didn't really get too much into our story. The best thing about it was our last match, the build-up video that really told our 20-year history together, and that's all a true story. We didn't get into it as much as we could and probably should have, which means there's more time to do it down the line. But I think it'd be really cool for him and I, have significant time in front of a live crowd. When you talk about big men slapping meat, like Seamus and I commit (laughs) crimes on each other. We're in that ring. Like I've I've, I've been around for a while. I've been in a few bars in Scotland. I've been in a few fights in my life that I promise you, like no fight I've been in in my life comes close to like myself versus Seamus in a professional wrestling match.
3: (laughs) Uh, insane insane and I would love to see that again because like I said I love I love to see a little brutality between two big meaty men um I, I, in Vegas obviously not only SummerSlam is going out but there's these tryouts happening in Las Vegas uh you know and this is a rare occasion like I, I I can't remember the last time there were just like open WWE tryouts it's maybe like tough enough probably uh could you elaborate a little bit on 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 what's going on there on down, down there in Vegas
1: yeah, I mean, I learned about it today. Basically, <laughs> the first interview I did. So I've been trying to dig some information because, like you mentioned, I, I remember the tough enough tribes and watching them as a kid and being like, man, if there was something like this when I was younger, I would have been there no matter what. But I mean, I, technically, I was too young and I was living in a different country. I applied to tough enough one when I was about 15. I mm. filled in the form online. It literally said, you have to be from America, you have to be this age. I went, I don't here. I'm from Scotland. I'm <laughs> I'm applying anyway. Oh, you can force it. that. They won't check. Yeah. Yeah. Send in my application. But uh, what I can tell you is you can go to um, wweperformancecenter.com and there'll be information on there about the tryout. And that's something I really want to be part of. Now I'm going to, after I finish all my media today, start harassing everybody, saying, yo, I want to be part of this thing. And I want to tell everyone out there, like, remember, like you, you all watch the WWE show. I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast right now, um, WWE is different now it's all about different shapes and sizes not everybody is like my size these days and if you look across the board different uh, sports so you look at UFC you look at boxing and you look at the top drawing money acts it's no longer just the heavyweights it's the same in WWE if you've mm-hmm. got something different to give and more importantly you've got the work ethic get yourself along because you never know Just get yourself involved in WWE. And if this thing was around when I was younger and I was in the right country, I would be there in a freaking second. (laughs) But you know better than
0: anybody else what it takes. So I don't want to scare anybody off from doing this. I hope everybody does it. But how how brutal would it have been if fifteen year old Drew McIntyre had been out had been had to go through the workout? Or even tell us about when you were twenty and you were auditioning. Like how what is the difference between between Working out and training and actually getting in there and like, uh, you know, taking a real match.
1: I mean, you can't have a match without significant training. It takes a very long time to be able to pull that off. But I remember being 15 and training myself in the UK. I used to travel 12 hours to the only wrestling school in the UK. It was a 24-hour round trip. That's how much I wanted it. And what it comes down to is how much you're willing to give because it's going to hurt. It's as simple as that. The ropes hurt when you hit them. You marks all over you. You have to callous up. You hit the corner. If you don't hit it dead on, it tears your back to pieces. You get headaches from the bumps, from the whiplash, even if you tuck your chin every single time. And then when it comes to the wrestling holds, myself, I walked in basically like I'm God's gift to wrestling. This wrestling trainer (laughs) is going to see me at 15 and go, oh, my God, it's the the new Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's the (laughs) new The Rock. (laughs) And then I realized that, oh, my goodness, like especially the chain wrestling, the technical aspect of it is a lot hard and it takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of toughness. And if you want to do it full time, it takes a lot of sacrifice. I remember Triple H did a speech on Tough Enough. I can't remember what season it was, maybe season two, but like you can look at it online. It really spoke to me as a kid. He talked about the sacrifices and how much you might be away from your family. And all it takes is all you got if you want to succeed in this industry. So basically that's what it comes down to is how much you're willing to give because how much you put in is how much you get out. And I still remember that speech. I've said similar versions myself during seminars, in my time outside of WWE to encourage people, but at the same time, let them know, like, don't go down this road if you're not willing to give it your all. But if you are willing to give it your all, it is the funnest life ever. I really am living my dream, and I have been for my entire life, essentially.
3: Drew, what's tight about you, man, is not only are you an incredible performer, you're a fun dude to be around, but you're a fan of this as well at the end of the day. So I know you see other things outside of what you're just working on. Is there anybody out there that's either just in the same vein of tryouts, even if they're not in WWE, if they're not on Raw or SmackDowns? is there somebody out there that is like, you know what, I would love to see this guy in 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 Raw on SmackDown or just work with them or even if they're not even signed here even if they're overseas who else out there outside of the the immediate WWE Raw and SmackDown universe um, do you
1: have are you really high on right now? There's so many now. Um, I, I try not to name names when I ask these kind of questions because it really is incredible the level of talent across the world now and I saw it during the time I was outside of WWE like that period of 2014 to 2017 was just an unbelievable time for independent wrestling and for myself personally to go around and work with all the talent across the world and see oh my goodness since I've been gone for eight years the standard has gone through the freaking roof and business just kept growing and more performers kept showing up and like for example in Scotland the my home company in St. championship wrestling ICW is one of the many places I worked with and was uh, given the opportunity to be the face of across the world. We took 1,500, the biggest show, to 2,000 people, to 4,000 people, to 7,000 people. And to do business and grow business with your buddies and with all these incredible talents across the world just blew my mind. And the first show, first match I did was Evolve. And I was wrestling Cassius Clay, the Evolve Champion at the time. I'd be gone for WWE for three weeks. I was winning the Evolve title, and I remember watching the show prior to my match. And I, it, these were people like uh, Roderick Strong, Ricochet, Johnny Gargano, and I watched them. And oh my God, I'm on last. I gotta follow these. Guys. I gotta follow these guys. And I've been in three mb for freaking years. <laughs> so like, getting my eyes on the level of talent across the world. And like I say, it's just kept escalating and escalating. There's just so many people I've got my eye on. I don't like to say anything just in case it, I don't know, puts any heat in their direction or fills their head. You keep the it political.
3: I, it's all right. We get it. Yeah. So I just <laughs> tell
1: everyone out there, like, just keep working your butt off. Like if you give it absolutely everything, if you never give up, you believe in yourself, trust me, trust me, trust me, be accountable to that person in the mirror is my number one rule. Wake up, look yourself in the mirror. I'm going to give it my all today. No stone left unturned. End of the day, look yourself in the mirror. If you can honestly say, I gave it my all today. Don't lie to yourself. It's just yourself. You can honestly say you gave it your all. You'll achieve absolutely anything. I know this because I've done it multiple times where I wasn't giving it my all. Things didn't go well. Then I was, and things went really well.
0: Drew, thank you so much for doing this, man. It's so crazy to look back at your that period when you were you know, between your WWE stints because, like you said, you go back and look at YouTube videos now. Everybody's looking for dream matches. You had like dream match after dream match between the times you were in WWE. Now you're at the top of the card, at the mothership, uh, you're in there again, Hell in the Cell this weekend, going to write another piece of Dream Match history probably against Bobby Lashley in the cell. Um, I don't really have anything to, to, to ask except what do you, I mean, w- what's the next thing on your checklist after this Hell in the Cell? What are you looking forward to?
1: Uh, just been on the road with live fans. So this um, run of shows, getting back out there, seeing the fans live and leading right up to SummerSlam. It's just what I'm looking forward to most. I'm hoping, just the way the world is right now and Things are looking so positive. Uh, hopefully, everyone's getting vaccinated when you're eligible so we can save some lives and really get back to normal. And I can get back home to Scotland and see my family that I've not seen in 18 months and also bring WWE back on tour across the world. Like, my big goal is to bring a significant UK pay per view um, around the first time since SummerSlam night two, I think was the last significant pay per view. Mm. Um, over 80,000 people at Wembley Stadium, people still talk about it today. No, you know, Bret Hart, British Bulldog, for the Cornell title main event, an unbelievable event. We've got the network. I don't know the ins and outs. I don't understand the logistics. That's not for me to figure out. That's for someone else. But I know it's going to happen and I'm going to make sure it happens. Man, I can't wait for that.
0: Well, thank you so much for doing this, man. I can't wait for that to happen. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Hell in a Cell on Sunday. Going back on the road in middle of July, SummerSlam's in Las Vegas uh, shortly thereafter. There's tryouts there. There's a lot of stuff.
3: It's a good time to be a wrestling fan, guys. (laughs) It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. If you held out during the pandemic, congrats to you. Good stuff is coming. Drew said so. (laughs) Yeah, he's more
1: excited than all of us, man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. I'll see you all down the line. All right.
3: Thanks, Drew. Anytime, brother. Take it easy.
1: Take care. Thank you.
0: Well, there he was, after that interview, I can safely say the greatest living professional wrestler in the world, Drew McIntyre. I'm excited now. Are you excited? I'm very excited. I think he's a
3: guy who, uh, you know, outside of him and MVP and like Asuka, a few people, they really kept the ship floating. Through this incredibly tumultuous time in in our in our history and in entertainment. And if there's anybody who deserves these moments right now, it's him because you could kind of see it in his voice. I don't know if you'll see the video for this, but like you could see the passion and the 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 way he speaks about the the business, um, it's infectious, man. And, you know, we talked a little bit about it off the air, just how much, you know, we kind of go back to my days in WWE just see how much he's grown to becoming, like, the guy now. Back when he was, uh, you know, tag teaming with, like, Dolph Ziggler and, like, doing other things there right when he got from NXT. Really, really happy for that dude. Can't wait to see Bobby Lashley beat him at Hell in a Cell. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be awesome, man. I can't wait.
0: There will be a time on this show probably within two weeks where I'm referencing WWE's eventual return to the UK as some like an original idea and how that affects <laughs> like how I'm how I'm predicting Drew's wins and losses and the future of WWE. Uh, so thanks to Drew for bringing that up and adding that to my playbook. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about you know what we've been through the past year as wrestling fans, as the wrestlers themselves, and it's it's crazy to think about how exciting it must be for them. I mean, we know how it's exciting yeah. it, it is for us, but man. I was talking to somebody the other day about who didn't know wrestling fans was comparing. I mean, didn't know wrestlers. I was about to do some work with wrestlers. And he's like, well, I've worked with a lot of football players and like whatever. And I was like, it's different. I was like, here's the thing, man. Wrestlers, wrestlers are actually really grateful for their fans. Like, and not that pro athletes aren't, but like, it's a different relationship. And even old, the old head, even like Stone Cold Steve Austin is like, is like kind. It like understands (laughs) that everybody that's ever cheered for him is the reason why he gets paid anything. Right. Mm -hmm, Mm hmm. Drew's like that he's also just a fan. I mean he 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 gets it, you know? And so
3: as somebody who's kind of who who's seen a good a, a good portion of it uh of, of that sort of rise to where he is now. I know a lot of people probably say this. I'm not going to be the first one to say it about uh you know how how much he kind of deserves this as far as like the work he's put in and somebody who's who's really about that life. Um uh, really happy for him. Really happy for him. So this is this is a good talk.
0: So, guys, uh, enjoy Hell in a Cell. If something crazy happens, we'll be back here on Sunday night. If not, we'll see you next week. Kaz, you want to get some hits in on the way out the door?
3: You know what it is, man. Check me out every Monday. Say less with Kaz, Loki, and Rosie on YouTube.com slash Kazim and wherever you stream your podcasts. Uh, MSG PM returns next week, Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock. If you're in the New York area, tune in to MSG Networks. And this Sunday, before Hell in a Cell, check me out on The Ultimate Show with Matt Camp, uh, Sam Roberts, and my guy Ryan Popola on Peacock right before the uh, pre-show for uh, Hell in a Cell this uh, wow. Sunday. So check it coming out. I'll in, be there. Coming
0: in on Peacock, streaming. Yes, sir. Li- well, not exactly live. That's won't great. be live,
3: but it'll be fun. Check it out. <laughs> and then over,
0: and then over on MSG for an entire summer of uh, fantasy booking Dame Lillard to the Knicks. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, as always, to our babyface production assistant John Kerma. Apologies, as always to johnny moxley we'll see you back here next time humanoids peace tony Schiavone here on the mass man show we are desperately out of time the tape machines are rolling we'll see you next week on the mass man show